Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with author and interviewer Monique Mulligan and she's going to be sharing her insights into the publishing collective, you know what that publishing model is, its advantages and disadvantages and she shares advice to authors who are looking to start their own publishing collective as well. So in my author adventure this past fortnight, uh, as you can hear, I am back to my chipper old self. I was recovering from COVID <laughs> these past this past fortnight. Literally knocked me on my ass for two weeks. Uh, obviously, I was feeling crappy prior to the positive result, and then during, and then after, it still just lingered for ages. The fatigue. I actually went to the doctors just to ask if it was normal because I sort of started off with obviously the fatigue, fatigue, and then it went into my chest, and I was coughing up loads of crap, and <laughs> yeah, I just felt so, I just felt really crappy. I never had a temperature, which was what all my kids had for a couple of days, and uh, then my husband caught it, so. Yeah, and then it's only been this week that I've managed to bounce back and feel a lot better, feel more human, that's for sure. Uh, you definitely take your health for granted, I think, and then when you come along, something comes along and exactly knocks you on your ass, you, you feel grateful for how good you do feel normally. So that that's where I was with the COVID sickness thing. So yeah, this week I've managed to get back into, into the swing of things, obviously with a day job. And what I've come to notice is I've been feeling, you know, I'm here, there and everywhere, it feels like with some of the stuff that I work on, because effectively I'm, I'm looking for a traditional deal with children's fiction. I write nonfiction and I do the podcast and there's a lot of aspects to my author career. And the way that I work, I thought, you know, you just stick to one thing, get it done. But... <laughs> I think the way that I work and in my day job as a technical script writer, I manage about 15 to 20 projects, sometimes all at once. I'm quite good at jumping all over the place and I think that's a strength of mine. So what I've done is I've sat down to put together a weekly schedule that doesn't change and it's quite basic to to just say like this day I'm working on this day I'm working on nonfiction. Fridays are for podcast. This is for that. There'll be a lot more I'll probably get into the scheduling and that process a lot deeper further down the track, but it's just actually sitting down to make a schedule of the way that my week works. My energy for the week also came into it and the specific days that I can attempt to do things. So I'll slowly be progressing forward in each of these sections on specific days rather than one project 
working through it. And anyway, that's that's the process I'm going to tackle for me at the moment. And so far, so good, I think. So Thursday came around and that's my non-fiction day. And I went gung-ho with the audio recording for Author Fears and How to Overcome Them. And I've been waiting to do this recording for weeks now. But it's, yeah, been tough because uh, I've had my husband in the house and I've had my kids. Then we've been sick. And I only have really Thursdays and Fridays to be able to record audio when there's no one around. So yeah, I was super excited to get that done because with the non-fiction formatting that you've been hearing about for bloody weeks now, that is what's been holding me back because I need this audiobook because I've got the other audiobook for freelance writing, Quick Tips for Fast Success recorded, but I'm going to have them sort of, you know, a little snippet from each at the back of the, the books. So, you know, people who have you know, read read that one might like the the other one and vice versa. So that's finally done. Yippee! I was celebrating that, um, so I can start start keep on going with the formatting for all these things. I did receive finally receive the print version for author fears and how to overcome them. Uh, if you've listened to past episodes the past few weeks. I uh, had some issues with uploading the files to Ingram, uh, getting error codes and things like that. And then I work with software Vellum and Vellum is compatible with Ingram when you generate print print files. So yeah, <laughs> anyway, that all came together, but I've received the print version. And from the beginning of my print journey with this book, it's at a fantastic place. It's where I want it to be. It's, you know, it's all great, but the images were a little faded. So I've gotten back in touch with Ingram and they're looking into that now. So it's holding up a bit more, but these are just, it's all trial and error, this whole uh, self-publishing process. It really is. So it's good that we can open the conversation up about it and talk these things through and help each other out when someone else is doing this. And yeah, we could all share. So someone else's experience helps another. So anyway, you'll be pleased to know that all the formatting is slowly going and uh, yeah, it's all coming together, which is great. So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at www.buymeacoffee.com slash thehybridauthor. So that's enough about me. Let's crack on with the episode. Monique Mulligan is an author, interviewer, and founder of the Stories on Stage program in Perth. A former journalist, news editor, and publisher, she combines part-time work at an art centre with freelance editing and novel writing. Her debut novel, Wherever You Go, was published in September 2020, and her second novel, Wildflower, is out now. Simply stunning bio, Monique. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are a super talented lady. How is it you settled into the writing and publishing industry? Oh, that's probably a long, a long sort of, you know, answer I could give. The, the <laughs> short answer is I've always done writing in different forms in my career. So I've, you know, I wrote a curriculum for a company over in Sydney and I've been a journalist and, you know, a news editor and then went into publishing books with a, a business partner. And so it's, kind of happened in a really nice circular way but what I really always wanted to do I was, I was reviewing books for other people for so long but I always wanted to write my own and eventually the circle turned that way for me. 
Oh, wonderful. That's amazing. Well, we could talk about so many things together today, but the focus we've decided to have the talk on is publishing collectives. So you are currently published with Pilyara Press for your two books. Can you tell us what the definition of a publishing collective means to Pilyara? Well, Pilyara Press was established a few years ago by a team of four people who who had been traditionally published, but they wanted to take back control of their books. And they set up this collective of the four of them to show a different way of publishing that doesn't have to, it still follows certain aspects of the publishing, the traditional publishing route, but it is still very different. So this collective means bringing together skills from these diverse authors and pooling the skills to put out the collective's books. Wow, that's incredible. And do you know if this is like a new term or has this been around for a while or this kind of model? It's the first time I've heard of publishing collective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I hadn't heard of it before until I was approached by someone in the collective a couple of years ago. And I don't really know of any within Australia and I suppose there are other collectives but I think they would all take their own form. Mm -hmm. Piliara Press has, they're a member of the Small Press Network, they are considered an independent publishing company and so it has that behind it as well but it's really just a way to get these books out in a way that we are happy with and, and you know having that control of it but then still going through that entire rigorous publishing process to make sure the books are the best they can be yeah wow so with the publishing collective do you, is it the people involved whose books generally are the ones that get printed or are you is the publishing collective acting as a traditional publisher and taking on authors outside of the individuals working in the company yeah, so at the moment, we are just publishing the books of the members of the collective. Right. So yep. that's plenty of work for us to yeah. do at the moment. Some of us are still working, you know, at different, you know, some are full-time, part-time. Others are writing full-time and have contracts with other publishing houses as well. And so, you know, we don't have the, the scope right now to take submissions and to publish other people's books. So this, there's about nine of us in the team and at any given time one person may be going through that publishing process and the others might be all a little bit quiet because maybe they've got their heads down writing at that moment but when it's their turn to step up and do something then they'll do you know the the thing that they're really good at for example it, it could be that they are one of the team's copywriters or copy editors and so they would take on that copy editing role for the person's book. Okay. So, so yeah, tell us about Piliara Press and what's the processes involved? You know, is it, does each person have, like you said, if you're a competent copywriter, that's your skill. That's what you bring to the table. So when your skill is called upon, that's what you put in as such. Is it, does it work that yeah, way? Or? Yeah, kind of. And, and it's very flexible because, you know, life is happening all around us as well. And so we try to have a publishing schedule that means not too many books are coming out at the same time. That's one thing we would be looking at. But let's just say with my book, Wildflower, that came out, been working in between and juggling, you know, book launching and book touring and talking and writing interviews with work. And yeah. so sometimes I don't know which part of my brain to use. <laughs> but, but so with Wildflower, once the collective decided, yes, this is a book we would like to publish, then I would be working on it 
myself until it's ready to go to a structural editor. So there's a couple of people in the team who are qualified structural editors. And so it would go to one of those people to go through. And so it might be a few months of working with that structural editor backwards and forwards, going on to polish the book up into the best format, you know, make sure there's no plot holes, make sure everything makes sense, that it works the way that I as a writer wanted it to. And that's a really valuable process because, you know, we can ring each other up and have a good long chat about it if, if I'm struggling and sometimes have those lovely conversations where they say, wow, this is amazing, you know, and, and that's always, always great too. So it's a very encouraging and empowering part of that process. And then back to me and I work on the book and get it to that point where it is ready for copy editing. And then it goes to one of the team's copy editors, whoever's available at that time. And we would book that in months ahead. So we can't just say, hey, you, can you, you know, Joe, yeah, can, right. you, can you do this next week? Is that all right? You know, we, it's, it's all planned properly, scheduled in so that we, we can make sure there's no conflicts with other things going on. Then it would go through that copy editing process and then come back to me and I would fix that. And if there's any queries, you know, you have that same back and forth process. And then it comes back to me for fixing and then it goes to get typeset. And the typeset gets done by another person who's skilled at that typesetting process. And then it goes back to me and to the proofreader. And the proofreader goes through the entire book with a very, very, you know, eagle eye we, we have have an incredible proofreader on our team Jasmine King and she just does not miss anything and then I would proofread it as well and it goes back all the little errors you know if there are any they get fixed up and then it's on to that you know making the documents ready or the files ready for uploading and we've got in the background the cover's getting designed and we might talk to the team about you know do you like this design do you think it fits with the synopsis of the book and that kind of thing ultimately it's my decision which cover I go for but we do I suppose talk about that as a team as well to make sure that the cover we have you know really represents the book the best it can be same with writing the blurb we all sort of put in our two cents when it comes to writing the blurb there's that aspect as well yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So many questions arising from, from all that. I guess uh, publishing collective is to me probably different than say the traditional model because you guys are keeping a lot of control, I suppose, of your books still, but then you're still consulting, working with a team and uh, another group of professionals and consulting them on the various aspects. And it's still a collaborative process. And I guess, yeah, to me, like the point of it is to work together to create beautiful books and your own stuff as well and and putting it out there. So is there plans to, as you sort of said before, no one's got the capacity at the moment to take on authors outside of the publishing collective is that something that a publishing collective would look at doing anyway or not not so much they might and we might um, at the moment no and I will say like for most of that process it is very similar to the traditional publishing process Mm -hmm. because you know you do have that editorial team that goes through the book and works with the author where it differs is right at the end when it comes to distribution and that marketing of the book. We do some in-house marketing, but ultimately it rests mostly back on the author. And so, you know, it's up to me then to get my book onto different places. I try to get it into as many libraries as I can. I try to organise a book tour and reviews and all of those things. And that part of it is on me. We don't have the distribution capacity to 
go exactly like the traditional model. So there are definitely similarities with the traditional model. And the people who are in the collective are all very skilled people. So they've been carefully chosen to make sure that we have the skills that we need because there's no point having, you know, everyone who can write and no one who can edit yeah. or, you know, everyone who can edit and no one who knows how to format the book. So, you know, it's so important. And and I feel so honoured and privileged to be part of something like this. Yeah, it sounds incredible. So mm. is there one main person who started the collective and then sourced the team and went from there? Did you know? Yeah, know so, yeah Jennifer Scholar is a best-selling author. And I I think she sort of leads that team and, and you know, we call her the publisher. Yeah. And <laughs> the she... <laughs> is very well known as a, a traditionally published author of fantastic books. And in fact, I reviewed many of her books and several members of the original team. I reviewed all their books, you know, years before we came together in this kind of way. And so the four of them were, that original group, were very good friends and they met and decided to form this collective. But then they decided to expand and that's where I I came in. I was fortunate to be invited in by one of them um, because I had editorial skills and, you know, it, it was that opportunity to get Wherever You Go, my first book, to get it published um, yeah. right when I was thinking it was never going to happen. <laughs> and so you said, obviously, do you pitch you, as authors, you pitch the ideas to the publishing collective as a group and then... Can you can people say no that that doesn't suit? Are you, are you guys trying to? There's obviously a brand involved. Are you trying to stick with, with that with Pilara Press or? Well, I mean, I think that if we were to write something that really didn't quite fit, mm. um, for example, although some of us have published children's fiction, we're not publishing. We're not really doing that through the collective. If we wanted to write, say, I don't know, erotica. Maybe we would think that wasn't quite the right fit yep. for the collective. But if you have a look at the books that we have published, mm. you know, we've got contemporary fiction, we've got some historical fiction, we've got some very Australian fiction. There's books that are, don't fit into a genre quite so well because they're, they're contemporary fiction, but they're, you know, more about perhaps they're more a literary fiction style yep. of book and we'll be doing some poetry as well and some memoirs so it is quite a range we're not saying we will only publish books mm -hmm. set in Australia yep. you know that have romantic elements or anything like that it's not like that at all I think that if there was a book that didn't seem to fit perhaps we wouldn't even pitch it to the team anyway mm -hmm. yeah. so pitching a book that you feel would fit is it kind of like a vote? Does everybody sort of be like, yeah, we love that. That's great. Mm, not sure about that. I haven't experienced that. Not really come that. up like mean, that yet. <laughs> it hasn't really happened that way yeah. yet because quite a few books were already published through the collective and they had been previously published by traditional publishers before, but these writers had got their rights back and then they had, you know, relaunched them through Pilyara Press. So there was quite a good list of books on there already before. Before right. I came along and wherever you go did fit in that and it's not to say that if we wrote a book that we felt we could sell to you know a bigger publisher that would give us 
a hefty advance or something like that. Mm. Jennifer Gula likes to say, I can be bought, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and she is currently getting books published with Penguin Random House. And, you know, I would I would feel the same way if they, they said, you know, we would love to do this, then that would be great. It's just that when it came to, to wherever you go, this was a really good opportunity to get one book out there. And then I decided to leave Wildflower here because I wasn't, ready to jump back on I could have gone to a different publisher and I did actually pitch it to publishers in an earlier form and got some really great feedback about it which was saying it just needs to go deeper we love the characters we love this you need to go deeper and actually it was with one publisher for 17 months and I hadn't had a response to it And by this time, I had already made the decision to publish it through Piliara Press because I thought, you know, look, I I don't have the energy right now to, you know, start pitching again to to new publishers. I had already figured out that it needed some work and I knew what I wanted to do with it. So it just seemed logical to leave it with Mm. Piliara Press. And about a week after I made that decision, this email came through from this other publisher and they said we've we've read your book and we really loved it and we particularly liked the characters and the setting and you you've done this really well but we feel that it's not quite ready and it needs some more depth and layers added to it part of me kind of went oh I wonder if I should resubmit it to them once I've finished the work but then I just decided not to thought no I'm gonna leave it with with Piliara Press at this point and you know I'm so glad I did I'm really happy with how the book is being received and with the work that went into it and maybe it could have been picked up elsewhere but it was just the right thing to do to leave it where it was yeah and I think did you draw on I'm very much a gut feeling person was that do you, are you the same like you your guts sort of telling you no this is where it belongs this it should be with the other book and yes and no like I think I do often go with the gut in that you know there's part of me that does think I would have liked to have gone with this particular book with a publisher with a wider distribution model than we have because it's really difficult to, I can't get it into bookshops as easily. I have mm-hmm. to approach the bookshops and, and ask them. And right. that's a lot of time and effort I don't have. I can't do that with every bookshop in the country. But the distribution model that a traditional publisher would use wouldn't work for me the way I've published the book now because I don't have then the funds to buy, say, I don't know, 2,000 books mm-hmm. and then have them possibly put into bookshops or not, you know, or the bookshops send them back and you've wasted all that money. So this model is working well for the moment. I don't know. Let's just see what happens with it. You know, you can still go places. Yeah, um, that's it. But, but where it is now, it's finding readers and I feel like it was a, the right decision at the time for me to make. Yeah, wonderful. So I, I feel like some of the advantages and disadvantages of kind of a role as we've been talking, but are yeah. you able to share doing this publishing collective, like what's been the advantages and if there has been any disadvantages, I suppose? Well, I suppose the advantages really outweigh any disadvantages because I've got an amazing team of women around me that, you know, if we start to get in that mood where you're putting yourself down a little bit and they'll go, remember, we are magnificent, you know, yeah. and it's just like, and it's almost like you've got to pay a dollar every time you put yourself down, you know, and, and one of the team members actually did donate a dollar into, <laughs> into the kitty, which was yeah. really funny. 
but you know we have this this encouraging and empowering group around us so what more could I you know want Mm -hmm. really to be trying to get a book out there to to be living like most creative people do with that little self-doubt that sits on your shoulder all the time but to have that group there who's got your back you know and they they are not interested in putting out substandard books and if it's not ready they'll tell you it's not ready yeah that's such an advantage to have there then you look at the team and the people we've got on the team you know we've got we've got Jennifer we've got um, Jen McLeod we've got Lily Malone and we've got Desney King who's the the proofreader I mentioned earlier and beautiful absolutely beautiful writer all of them are beautiful gifted writers there's Kate Bell who wrote a book a few years ago quite a few years ago now and is now working on getting that re-released Shelley Kenningsberg who is an you know you won't recognize her as a writer but she's a phenomenal editor all these skills in in kind of scattered all over Australia but to have that what an advantage is that to have on your team rather than me having to go all right I need to find an editor I need to pay this editor loads and loads of money to do this and then I've got to find someone else because I want it to be the best it can be like I would have spent thousands of dollars before the book was out you know yeah so it's money saving as well wow yeah definitely because we're exactly you know we all expected to do our bit and to contribute in some way to the team to make sure that each book can come out in a good way yeah I mean other advantages I think I've kind of shared what what Mm. most of those are because it's just having that skill and knowledge base and experience you know we all come from quite different backgrounds but some of the the writers in this group have extensive histories in publishing and so you know ask a question I'll have the answer that's that's a really (laughs) a really good thing and then disadvantages I would say it's really just the distribution model we're working with what works for us mm-hmm. and we've looked at other options but really this is what works for us that distribution is on each individual yep. author in the collective but wouldn't it be great if we could get our books out there into all of these other places so that people yeah. did go into department stores and go oh I'd like to read that book because that can't happen for us quite so easily some of the authors have got really long histories of of a fan base you know they've, they've got their readership already there for them so they know they're going to sell loads of books when they put out a new one but others of us are newer so we are still building that readership you know you can look at it as a disadvantage but really I just think that I'm so grateful for what I have and the fact that I've been able to have two books published and I believe that they're going to find their readers and I believe it you know I believe in the books the collective beliefs in the books their readers will come yeah exactly and it must it must be good as well because obviously you're all sharing you're all sharing books when they come out so it's not just you that's sort of spreading word of mouth it's the the collective as a whole and that's like you said some of them are well connected and know people and yeah that's that's fantastic so how do you work do you all work online or do you meet I suppose like you said you you don't just phone people up to book stuff in the stuff is all scheduled so do you actually sit down like at the beginning or the end of the year and say we've got this idea we've got this idea how are we going to work how we're going to work this out or do you meet face to face or is it usually just Um. done online yeah it's pretty much online because mm. I mean it the, it would be lovely for us to meet in one place but we all live all over all Australia right. <laughs> uh, COVID has definitely affected yeah. any ideas of you know for a long time any ideas of traveling and even sometimes leaving the house for some of the members of the group so we do everything online 
And I'd say it's a work in progress. You know, we don't necessarily start at the beginning of the year. It's it's more of a, okay, who's got books coming up? And then we'll project manage them as we need to. It has been a little bit of a quiet time for us. I think I'm the only one with a book out currently, but that's because of many reasons. You know, as I mentioned before, like there's life is going on around us. And so we're not all writing now or full time. There's a couple of people who are writing full time and they're working on other projects. And there's some who taking a break from writing altogether and just happy to help in other ways in within the collective. And it just depends on, on where we're all at. But yeah, obviously we would we would be talking about what's coming up and trying not to all just go, oh, by the way, guys, got a new book coming out. You know, It's much more collaborative than that. Wow. So what is your advice for authors who would like to think this sounds amazing and they'd maybe like to start their own publishing collective? Do you have any tips? I think, I mean, I've never heard of this before, as, as we were saying earlier, until, yeah. until I was approached by somebody and I actually thought, you know, it was a I was like, really? Is this a real thing? You know, is this actually going to be useful for me? Like, what's it going to cost, you know? Mm -hmm. And all these questions went through my head. So I guess it's a matter of assembling a group of people who have skills to offer. And I don't mean, you know, just new new to it you want to surround yourself if you're really serious about getting good quality books out there. You need people who definitely know how to proofread and they know that proofreading isn't just looking for spelling mistakes and typos it's a you know much bigger process than that and the people who we've got on the team have spent you know 20 30 years doing this you want to find people who do have the skills to offer and you need to have a diverse set of skills like I said you can't Mm. all be proofreaders it's useful if you can all do some proofreading but you also need somebody who can I guess, format the books for you. And you need someone who can do a structural letter and is willing to read through and look at the big picture of a story. So it's having those different roles fulfilled so that you have all got something to give and not one person is doing all the work. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Yeah, that's fantastic. (laughs) Definitely something to think about. Yeah. Mm, mm. So let's talk about your two contemporary fiction novels that you have out with Piliara Press. Can you tell us about them and how is your author adventure going since since you put them out yeah it's going really well actually it's been exciting and it's always nerve-wracking you know when you when you're out there trying to get your book read by people and waiting for them to to come back with reviews and stuff like that and then you know there's also this degree of acceptance that once you put a book out there it doesn't belong to you anymore and so you, you know it's a learning process for you the whole way of being an author and I think that goes up and down and and so my journey is a little bit of that at the moment because I've just got a new book out and so it's just like oh what do they think of this new book and you know do they like it and then you go oh thank you yeah. they did. Well, I've <laughs> they seen the reviews it. coming in and yeah I think everyone loves it <laughs> uh, it's it's look they're both very different books um wherever you go is a, a contemporary fiction story of a I suppose a marriage that's in crisis after something terrible happens that affects the marriage and the way they both react to that crisis is very, very different. And so it's the story of this couple who moved to a small town in Western Australia and they need to learn to heal in their own ways. It has lots of food in it. It's, you know, it's definitely a foodies kind of delight. They're, they're a feast. It's, it's like an armchair travel book also because the feasts are set in different, well, they're they're not set in different parts of the world but they're like virtually in different parts of the world and I really enjoyed writing that book and and thought that maybe I'd write a sequel to it next but instead Wildflower 
came out and wildflower is completely different to wherever you go although the similarity is they both tackle darker topics so the first one was looking at grief and loss and this one is looking more at the generational impact of domestic violence that story was already the the basic manuscript was already written you know I drafted it several times and I had it there sitting you know in the the drawer waiting for that time to to come back to it when I was writing I was trying to write a sequel to wherever you go which I'd never intended to do it was always intended to be a one-off book but all all the readers are going are you going to write another one I was like okay that's what they want but you you learn or I learned that you have to write what your heart tells you to write and if your heart's not in what you're writing it's really hard to make it work and it wasn't working so Wildflower is set in the 70s and the 90s and, you know, it's a story of friendship. It's a story of, I guess, women helping women. It's a story that looks at women's roles in society at those times and also makes the reader ask, you know, how far have we come since then? And, yeah, I'm really proud of this book. It's a book from the heart and I hope that women read it and, you know, and men read it as well and, and that it makes them, makes them think. Yeah, well, they sound fantastic. So you're saying your readers are like, we want a second book to the first one, but obviously you, you know, <laughs> you've gone with Wildflower. Has readers come over? Yeah. You know, the people yeah. that were shouting second book, yeah. but then they've read that one and been like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely, you yeah. know, and you know, it's been it's been great to have that support from people. I mean, there's always going to be people who won't. It's like mm-hmm. some people are, their their favorite thing to read might be romance. And that's great. Like what's there's nothing wrong with with that. And I it's just that if you're not right that then you're not going to be the right author for them and yeah. you have to know that some readers will follow you wherever you go though they will yeah. you know, <laughs> definitely read whatever you write because they like the way that you write you write and they like your voice and others will be more driven by the genre that you're writing yeah, yeah that's it so what can we expect from Monique Mulligan to come in the future more books <laughs> <laughs> I hope so I think it is sort of Maybe like recently I've I've started to realise that I need some self-care at the moment. Wildflower does deal with some tough things and it's, you know, I was working on on the edits of that book while I was working full time and trying to juggle a, a lot. So literally working seven days a week for months. I need a bit of time to breathe after I've done all the kind of talking about the book at different mm. things that I'm doing. And I, I need to see my family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I need to devote time to catching up with people I haven't been able to see for a while. So I'm not sure how much writing I'll get done in the first half of the year. And I hope to kind of, you know, after I've given myself a, a break, I think I'll come back to it. I'm not sure if it's going to be a sequel to Wherever <laughs> You Go, because I have a 60,000 word manuscript already in progress and I may go to that one instead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that I love that you follow your passion wherever you go and I think that's really important because you know you don't want writing to be this hard slog and uh yeah yeah so I, I'm the same I've got to write what I want yeah. I can't write what someone else effectively wants me to um else, no. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. and that's that's another advantage of that publishing collective when you think about it because sometimes some of the authors who are in there and they might 
have contracts and have expectations from a publisher to write a certain way, but they want to try something different. Like let's just say they want to write um, a mystery or a crime novel, but they're known for writing uh, really great small town fiction. And so that's what their publisher is going to want from them. And they know that sells, but they really want to write this crime book. Well, then this is where perhaps it can work to have that book in a different genre come out. And that's been, I've seen several of the authors in the collective do that because that works for them. So you're not kind of as stuck. And I know a lot of authors, like it's an evolution being an author. You might start by writing one thing and then over the the years you go, well, now that I've I've done that, I want to write something else. And your publisher says, no, like if you're going to do that, you got to go elsewhere and get back on the you know, the merry-go-round and find someone new. For the people in this collective, we have those options to go, well, we're not going to go here with this book. We're going to stick, you know, stay here because maybe it's a harder sell in the commercial market. Mm, yeah, definitely. I've, I feel like I've spoke to someone about this before because obviously when you you publish and like you said, for selling purposes, that you've traditional publishers put you out as, you know, this this person and then mm. they've hooked a readership with that. They want to keep going and building and, and everything. You're kind of boxed in on, on what you want. And I know some traditional authors then approach other publishers because they want, you know, they want to yeah. write different things yeah, and yeah, doesn't necessarily right. um, work out that way. So yeah, yeah. Mm, Freedom, it sounds right. like publishing collective uh it's almost like it's the the best of both worlds really yeah it's very it's very different um, from Mm -hmm. from the hybrid author which is like for me looking for a traditional publishing deal and then you know it publishing myself but using like you said I I outsource cover designer outsource editor yeah no it's definitely definitely it's wonderful And it it's is a really a hybrid yeah. way of publishing, isn't it? When you when you yeah. look at it, you know, because it because it's using those those aspects of the traditional publishing that that work. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it's saying, but you know, we're going to allow this freedom in it yeah. as well, so that you know, if, if if I want to market it to to death and use use every marketing tool that there is known, and I've got unlimited money to kind of do that, mm. then that's up to me to do that. and you can um, almost can make the rules as well like you can all have these different skill sets and say oh you know we're going to do this or do that so yeah no Mm. it's fantastic well thank you so much for for Mm. making us aware of this other option (laughs) (laughs) the publishing collective and uh and for your expertise it's just wonderful so where can our listeners run out and buy wherever you go and wildflower so the best place to run would be to your computer (laughs) 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 because you'll find it in all online bookshops including Booktopia, Book Depository. You can find it in print and ebook from all of those places. You can ask your library to order it in. Quite a few libraries are already stocking the books, but you can ask them to order it in if it's not there. You can also ask bookshops to order the book in and they're they're welcome to contact me. Or you can buy it straight from moniquemulligan.com if you're in Australia and I can post it to you and sign it. Oh, fantastic. That's great. Well, congratulations on all of your success, Monique. And we can't wait to read more books from you in the future. Thank you so much and thanks for having me. So there you have it, folks. The very inspiring Monique Mulligan chatting on the publishing collectives. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have Sarah Epstein, author of page-turning young adult fiction, and she's going to be chatting to us on writing suspense and hybrid authorship. Best of luck in the next fortnight with your writing and publishing and all of those endeavours in your author career. So that's it for me. It's bye for now.
That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.